This is your Kick-Ass Life Podcast, episode number 162 with guest Orly Waba. This is the Your Kick-Ass Life Podcast with Andrea Owen, a no BS guide to self-help and badassery. Because ladies, let's face it, life's too short for it to not kick ass. And here's your host, the girl who serves it up straight with a side of crazy, Andrea Owen. Hey, ass kickers. How are you? As always, I am so grateful that you are here spending some time with me over here on the podcast. And today we have a guest who is talking all about kindness. Orly is here. She is the CEO of Life Vest Inside. And this is a topic I know that's talked about a lot lately. Kindness is sort of, you know, the topic of the day. And what better topic for there to be <laughs> than kindness. You guys, this woman has so much energy. I felt like, I mean, I think that I have a lot of energy and this woman made me feel like I was like sleeping on the job. Her enthusiasm is infectious. I know that you're going to love her. We had such a great conversation. I'm so grateful that I had her on and that you get to be a part of this talk. And I wanted to remind you of something real quick. Last week, if you missed the free workshop that I put on with Elizabeth D'Alto, all about finding ways to clear out the BS in your life in order to be more receptive to what you really want, you can still watch the replay of that workshop. It is over in the show notes. No need to sign up for anything. Just go ahead and click the link in the show notes. And then also, I would love for you to be a part of the free Facebook group that we put together for people that wanted to keep going with this conversation. Hopefully, you're listening to this episode before it's all over because that replay comes down on August 4th. But I know so many of you are early adopters and like to listen to this as soon as it comes out. Thank you very much, by the way. And if you are, then I would love to have you be a part of it. We're talking about like the very first question I asked, I think, in the group was, tell me what's holding you back and where do you think it came from? And so many people were courageous. So many women gave their answers. I mean, there was answers from everything to trauma, to being bullied, to, you know, family of origin stuff. And I made a video and addressed every single one because there was a lot of overlap, but it still was a lot of unique situations. And I gave some tips for so many of you and tools to use to be able to just take a step forward instead of feeling stuck, which I know so many of us do in our lives, right? So again, that link is over in the show notes, yourkickasslife.com forward slash 162. And I hope that you join us over there and hopefully I'll see you there. All right. So without further ado, y'all, here is Orly. Well, hello, Orly. How are you? Hey, it's so great to be here. Thanks so much for taking the time to have me on. Well, okay, audience, here's what happened. I... You know, not to brag or anything, but we get a lot of pitches over here <laughs> on the podcast. So much so where Emily, my assistant, you have to just send these to me like one day a week because they were coming in and coming in and coming in. And I don't take a whole lot of them. You know, I'm very particular about who I introduce my audience to. I'm very picky. And you sent me your book and I checked out your TED Talk and I was like, I've got to have this girl on. Your movement and your message is so powerful and so necessary. Necessary. So that's really where I want to start. I want to, because I always love to know, like, why? Why did you do this? Why did you, you know, and I'm sure, no, I shouldn't say I'm sure. Maybe some people said, like, why didn't you just go get a real job? You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I definitely got those comments. But I want to know, why did you start this movement and why did you write this book? 
Oh my goodness. Okay. So, I mean, just a little bit about my backstory. I was a middle school teacher for seven awesome, amazing years, left my job teaching six years ago to start this. But really my journey with kindness and the passion and the drive behind why I do this started ever since I was a little kid that dreamed of changing the whole world. So you can imagine how much fun, how much I was being made fun of, you know, by my family members, my brothers specifically. But this has definitely been a passion of mine ever since I was a little kid. My dad, very much a dreamer like me in such a positive sense, always made me feel like there was nothing I couldn't achieve in my life. And I remember being just as young as a four-year-old kid, you know, believing that there was something major I was meant to do in my life to bring people together, not understanding where, you know, animosity came from and exists from, you know, whether it be religious animosity or cultural differences and wanting to be able to help people come together in a meaningful way. And so this has really been a part of my journey since I was a little kid going through, you know, moving forward through my life. I had a really pretty rough, you know, hardship in you know my, in my adolescent years, I had very low confidence within myself, totally did not believe in myself enough from various things that went on in my middle school years. And a very big shift happened for me in my 10th grade year. 10th grade is itself is, is a hard time in our life. Imagine you, you're trying to figure out who you are. You're not that freshman yet. You're not that senior. You're just sort of in the middle trying to figure out who you are and you know what you believe in. And we had a fire in my house in my sophomore year of high school and we lost everything. Thankfully, we were okay physically. Uh-huh. It does something to you when you see your parents break down. Oh, yeah. And, uh, my goodness. It affected me in a, really, in a really bad way. I was always a very strong believer. I have a very strong faith base that everything happens for a reason. But it was one of those years where everything that could go wrong went wrong. And you thought it couldn't get worse, it got worse. And my dad had lost his business. And one thing after the next continued to go wrong. And when you see your parents break down, you see your parents cry. It, it does something to you. So I didn't want to be an extra burden on them. And couldn't really talk to my friends because they didn't know what to say to me. I mean, they were going through their own stuff. So they, you know, just change the subject. But as you know, it's not really, you can't really leave so much piled up inside of you for too long without it breaking you. Mm-hmm. And one day I just went to sleep and I just kind of didn't wake up the next morning. And I was in a state of sleep I mean, for a couple of months. I wasn't in school. Uh, you know, they told everybody that I had mono, but I was home from school for two months didn't want to go back to school. Most of the time I was just sleeping or I was crying. And I fell into a state of really dark depression. I mean, I was super shy, but I always loved people. I always loved people. So whether I, you know, if somebody was absent from school, you know, I would copy notes for them and bring it to them. But when I was home from school for two months, not one person called. Oh my gosh. Sort of felt like, you know, the fire took away the physical possessions, but it sort of made me feel like, well, if I wasn't here tomorrow, would anybody be the wiser? Would anybody even care? Would anybody even notice? And so suddenly that four-year-old kid that dreamed of changing the world, it was like she was gone in a sense. And I wanted to sort of give up on everything. I mean, I fell into a very dark depression. When I say dark depression, I'm talking suicidal thoughts, dark depression. I was forced to go back to school, but I wasn't the same kid. You know, I was that kid sitting in the corner, you know, dressed all in black, writing morbid poetry. That was me. I was that kid. And one morning, something shifted. I woke up one day and I was looking at myself in the mirror as I was washing up to go to school. And the scariest thing happened. I, I didn't see myself. I didn't see that four-year-old kid that dreamed of changing the world looking back at me. It was like, it was like she was gone. It was like someone took her from me. And honestly, that scared me most of all. And I said, I mean, I can't let this happen. This can't be my end. I have no clue how I'm going to pick myself back up. I have zero clue. But I can't let this be my end. And I made a promise to myself then. And honestly, it was a promise that 
guided me into my years teaching. It's a promise that guided me to the work I do at Life Fest Inside. It's a promise that guides me every single morning and was to be there for people the way that I wished somebody would have been there for me. And more than anything, actually, to see people the way I wished somebody would have seen me. And over those, you know, next couple of years of high school, I was sort of walking alone, which is not easy to do. But honestly, it afforded me the greatest opportunity in the world, an opportunity that we don't get to do as kids. And unfortunately, we don't even get to do as adults. And that was, it gave me the opportunity to fall in love with me for me. It wasn't because I wanted to be accepted by that group or I wanted to impress that person. I was walking alone during those couple of years and it gave me the chance to really fall in love with me for me, for who I am. And in my senior year of high school, in the beginning of the year, I'll never forget this. We were on a seminar with, you know, with our class and we were in a circle and the teacher was talking about obstacles and I did something I never did before. I was seriously the shyest person that you met and I raised my hand and suddenly all those thoughts that I always held inside my heart ever since I was a kid, but didn't have the ability to express them. All of a sudden they were able to come out and I had something to share having gone through, you know, obstacles of my own. And the craziest thing is that kids my own age, you know, peers of mine that I was so super intimidated from were listening to me. And what's more, coming to me afterwards and asking for advice. And what I found was that the more I gave, the more I healed. And the more I gave, the more I healed. I, I became obsessed in love with this concept and this idea of giving. And I literally made a 180 degree turn in that one year. I started speaking in front of large groups of people and I started mentoring at-risk kids and getting involved in every sort of charity and community service work that I possibly could get involved in. See, because what I found, and it's really what eventually led me into teaching, because for me, it was always about seeing people. I always say that I'm in the job of falling in love with people more and more each day, because it's really the truth. Uh, But the, the core, the core behind you know, what Life Fest Inside is about. Yes, the mission is to inspire, empower, and educate people from all backgrounds to lead a life of kindness. So yes, kindness is a big factor. But really, if I were to use one word to describe this organization, it wouldn't actually be the word kindness. It would be the word empowerment. It's about empowering people to recognize that they matter, that they're valued, that they're significant, that even though, you know, they might be one in seven billion, the number that matters the most is that they're one, that each person in a sense is like a piece of a puzzle, you know, each piece being different shapes, different colors, but every single piece being the same size, that when you wake up in the morning, you have air in your lungs, that means that there's something that you're meant to bring into this world that nobody else can. That when you walk into a room, you impact change, regardless of your you know, your career or your title or how much money you have or how many followers you have or how many you know, people liked your Instagram picture. Who you are makes a difference. And the moment that a person understands their value and really actually understands it and embraces it, suddenly you begin to see the value within each and every person. And kindness is the greatest tool to empower. Because if you think about it, if you think about an act of kindness that you've done or an act of giving, and why do you feel so awesome when you do that? Why? I mean, there is scientific evidence behind this, but why do you feel so great? Because in that moment of giving, in that moment of sharing, what you're doing is you're catching a glimpse of your potential. And you're being validated for the right reasons. It's not like, you know, what society tells us should validate us. Because the truth of the matter is, the only person that can make you feel good about you is you. Happiness comes from within you. And, you know, even though, like, society shows us all these things that it's a facade. It's not, you know, how popular you are, how many magazine covers you're on, how many people are following you. Those things really, I mean, we all know this in our heart of hearts. Those things are a facade. The only person that can make you feel good about you is you. And it's through the small things that we do for others and how we lift others up and touch other people's lives because that's what makes us see just how much of a piece of the puzzle we are. 
Mm-hmm. That we matter. So yeah. if you have another like 20 minutes, go ahead. And I'm just going to hand the mic over. <laughs> I could talk for days and hours on end, you know, but as a kid, they couldn't get me to speak. Now it's like, they can't get me to shut You're up. Making up for lost time. I say the same thing about writing. Cause I quit writing for a decade and then I'm like, okay, now I'm making up for lost time. Oh, I love no. everything that you said. And I think there's a couple of things that I wanted to pick apart from that. And, and one of the things is that I hear some people kind of get to a certain age and then they start to panic about what their purpose is in life. And they feel like it needs to be some you know grandiose thing or something really, really specific that they find out that they were put on this earth to do. And I'm not sure if you agree with me, but I think that for a lot of people, you know, like what if your purpose is to be kind and spread kindness for other people? And then like that hugely impacts and makes the world a better place, right? Yes. Who you are means a lot more than what you do. Yeah. A lot of like, oh, you know, I love what you did. You left your job because it was tough. Leaving my job that I love, I love teaching. Oh my God, my students were like my best friends. I love teaching. Leaving my job to start this organization, invest everything into it and not, you know, pull salary for so many years. You know, people think I'm crazy, but I said, you don't have to do something drastic like that. You just have to be you. Who you are is more important than what you do. So, you know, the book, Kindness Boomerang, you know, that you were talking about earlier, it's the purpose of it really is to show people it's a simple things. It's not these huge grandiose things. You don't have to have, you know, money, you know, a lot of money in your bank or you don't have to be giving a certain amount of time. You know, kindness is not something you do. It's not like something you're like, oh, yeah, you know, I do kindness on Mondays and Wednesdays from five to six. Mm-hmm. Sorry if you miss me. It's not something that you do. Kindness is something that you live. It's the way you see the world and the way you see yourself, the way you see the people in it. So it's not about sectioning off these large portions of time. It's simply just changing your perspective, changing, you know, the way that you interact with a person, whether it be, you know, the president of a company or the guy that's cleaning the floors in that same company. Yeah. Smiling at somebody when you walk down the street, giving someone a compliment, you know, checking in on someone that you haven't spoken to in a while. It's the simple things. It's looking at people, seeing people, looking up from, you know, we're always looking down into our phones, into our eye world, you know, in a sense. Mm -hmm. Up and just engaging with people, just seeing someone, actually letting someone feel like they're seen, that's a huge thing. So we impact more people in our lives than we even can begin to imagine. And that's something that I feel like everyone has to remember. It's not about these huge grandiose things. It's just about you being you. You being you. I first gave AG1 a try because I was feeling low energy and sluggish and coffee just wasn't giving me what I needed. Especially in these winter months, I struggle with pep in my step. And since drinking AG1, I felt more energized and focused. Not only does AG1 deliver my daily dose of vitamins, minerals, pre and probiotics, and more, but it's a powerful, healthy habit that's also powerfully simple. It's just one scoop mixed in water once a day, every day. Because aging is a part of life that we all have to deal with, but I don't think it should prevent me from doing the things I love, like going on long hikes with my dog. I want to do the things that matter to me for as long as possible, which is why I drink AG1 every morning to support my brain, gut, and immune health. All it takes is one scoop a day, and I'm laying the groundwork for long-term health. I know with AG1, I'm giving my body high-quality nutrition. Every batch of AG1 goes through a rigorous testing process so you know it's safe. And AG1 ingredients are sourced for absorption, potency, and nutrient density. AG1 is a supplement I trust to provide the support my body needs daily, and that's why I'm excited to have them as a long-time 
lifetime partner. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com noise. That's drinkag1.com noise. Check it out. What if in 2024, you got a little bit better every day? I mean, that's what this show is all about, right? When you're learning a new language with Babbel, that's exactly what you're doing. And if Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks, imagine what you can do in a full year. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel has over 16 million subscribers sold. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations. Their courses are so convenient and have helped me learn real-life conversation skills in Spanish. It's so easy to learn how to order food. That's where I get the most excited to use it at Mexican restaurants or ask for directions, speak to merchants without having to consult language apps while on vacation, etc. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 50% off a one-time payment for a lifetime Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash noise. Get 50% off at babbel.com slash noise, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash noise. Rules and restrictions may apply. I feel like if you're alive, you can be kind. And that's one of the things like my children that I made a decision when they were little, like what are the things that I, cause there's so many things like as a parent, like I want to teach them like so many values that I want to be important to them. And, and I've, I've narrowed it down to two and they know like if I quizzed them right now, they would know like, what does mommy always tell you? That's the most important thing to be. And it's to be kind and to be brave. Oh, and am I perfectly kind all of the time? No. Do I cuss out drivers sometimes? Absolutely. <laughs> especially in the school pickup line. But oh, I, I, I think it's small things. Like I was just thinking about this. So on Saturday, we went to the library. We went to the big public library downtown. And the parking structure, the way that they have the – it's free on the weekends, but you still have to get a ticket. It's like the thing where you push the button and the ticket comes out and then the, the little lever comes up so you can drive into the parking structure. Well, the way that they have it is not very user-friendly at all. There's two different machines that have buttons to push. It's the second, we have to drive forward a little bit to do the second one where the green button is. There's no sign that says, this one isn't the right one. You need to go to the next. So I don't know how I ended up figuring it out one day. So now when I was there on Saturday, there was this guy who was like messing with the first one, couldn't figure it out. We were in the other lane, went and parked, walked all the way down. And he's still, so traffic is like backing up behind him. Someone honked at him and I walked by, turned around and went back and pushed the right button for him, gave him the ticket. And I was like, they don't make it very easy. It's the second one right here. And he was like, thank you so much. And I'm like, that took me like 10 seconds. A, my son was watching. So, I mean, I didn't even think about it then until you just started saying that, like how much they are walking. And then right after that, it's downtown. So there's some, you know, some transients. And there was this guy talking to himself and, you know, probably some mental illness. And I said hi to him and looked at him and I don't remember what he said back, if he said anything at all, but it's, it's things like that too, that I've always made an effort to, I always make an effort to look the people in the face who are like checking out my groceries and, and things like that, because they're human beings. Like that's somebody's mom, that's somebody's daughter. You know what I mean? It's just like, we forget that. I think 
Exactly. And it's like you said, it's the simple things and looking at people in the eye. That's like such a huge thing, because at the end of the day, people just want to be seen. But right. as you see, it was, it was it was that simple action. But you never know what somebody's going through in their day, know what their backstory is, what sort of you know hardships that they might be facing. That small little bit of kindness, it really sticks with them. So the same way that that story stuck with you, I can guarantee you that that guy is telling that story to other people. Oh, my God, you don't know this act of kindness that this woman did and right at the right time. Those things really stick with us. Those are the things that we do remember, you know. So it is. And, you know, Kindness Boomerang, the film that started the organization that, that had gone viral, you know, starts, it shows like one act of kindness going from one person to the mm-hmm. next and that brings back to the person who set it into motion. And we'll and- link to that in the show notes for those of you that haven't seen it. And, okay, so the, so you wrote the book Kindness Boomerang, and I love this because it's just, it's all these different ways, 365 daily acts of kindness. And from either from the book or from your travels through, you know, seeing so many acts of kindness and talking to people and doing so many yourself, what are some stories like that are your favorites that you can tell us about? Oh my goodness. I have tons. You have a couple of days? No, I know. You're like, well, I so have 365. One of, you, know, <laughs> you know, one of the stories that I'm going to share with you is actually based on one of the scenes from the film. So there are many, every single story within that film, every single scene was based on a real life story, an impactful story that left an impression on me, which were, like I said, these small acts of kindness. So one of them, I was uh, in Madison Square Garden, I was watching a basketball game. And as we were leaving Madison Square Garden, there's like thousands of people rushing out. And right on the street, there was this guy sitting in, you know, he was dressed in full army getup, sitting in a wheelchair, holding a sign. But it wasn't the sign that I noticed or the wheelchair or the sign or the fact that he was, you know, wearing army clothes. It was his eyes. All he was doing was literally scanning back and forth with his eyes, like turning his head, just looking for someone to connect to. I know the feeling that was in his eyes. I felt that feeling. So I was with my friends and I said, you know, guys, go ahead. I'll be right there. So there was, there was a hot dog stand on the corner. So I went over to the hot dog stand. I got a hot dog. I got a bottle of water and I, I was a little bit nervous about approaching because you don't, you don't know how people are going to take it. So I walked on up to him and I tapped him on the shoulder. I said, Hey, how's it going? You know, my name's Orly. What's your name? So he's like, Hey, my name's Hutch. I said, how you doing Hutch? We started talking and he's like, Oh, not so bad. And we're, we're talking for a few minutes. And I said, listen, you know, I don't know if you, if you want this, but I got this hot dog for you. And so he looks at the hot dog and he looks at me right in the eye. He looks back down at the hot dog and he looks at me and he just kept saying the same three words over and over. He kept saying, you see me, you see me. And I said to him, of course I see you. Our eyes like were locked and I gave him, I left him with an act of kindness card. And as we said our goodbyes and I walked away, turned around, like seriously, our eyes were locked. I don't know if this man knows the sort of impact that he had on me. But that scene was one of the scenes that was inspired. You know, this story was a, was, was a story that, was, that inspired that film. A few weeks ago, there's no, actually more than a few weeks, about a month ago, I went out into the streets into, in New York City, right in that same exact spot where I had met him all those years ago with copies of my book, Kindness Boomerang. It's named after the film. I always love how things come full circle. And we made basically care packages for the homeless. And we went around giving out care packages to the homeless. And when I started the, the short little film, I was talking about Hutch and the fact that he inspired the film. And now here's the book. Like, look at how things came full circle. The people I connected with that day, I can't even begin to tell you. It was truly amazing. There was this one girl I connected with 
that was out on the street. She shared her story with me. She was there for about 12 weeks. In about two weeks' time, I started connecting with her. We started talking. It was coming into the city to meet with her. We worked on getting her a resume. We got her a job interview that she got the job for. People were chipping in to help her, you know, get a cell phone and get a, you know, a P.O. box so that she had an address to be able to, you know, start getting paid and hopefully get off the street. But it was amazing. So just to see the full circle here, that guy Hutch that I met, coming full circle to the film, to the book, to then meeting, to utilizing that to end up meeting other people. I mean, but there's so many stories like this and they don't have to be these crazy big stories, you know, in, in this sense, it's, it's simple things as well, but uh, that definitely left a huge, huge impression on me. Yeah, I'll bet. I'll bet. And one of the things that we, while you were saying that, I was thinking about something that we talk about a lot over here, and that is the whole concept of self-kindness. So do you think that, you know, in 150 some odd episodes, I haven't actually had somebody on to talk about kindness to other people, <laughs> but do you think that being kind to other people helps people be kind to themselves? Okay. So that's a great question. The thing I speak about most, like I mentioned earlier, empowerment is the key behind this whole organization. So the key that I always speak about is, you know, yeah, they say, you know, love others as you love yourself. Mm -hmm. Loving others is easy. It's loving yourself. That's hard. It's when you truly, people truly love who they are, that they can then love others. If you don't understand your value, if you don't truly, truly love you and are truly kind to you, how can you be, how can you possibly love other people? How can you see that they are also an important piece in the puzzle? And that's really where it begins. It's not easy to show self-love because we're very used to criticizing ourselves and comparing ourselves to other people, looking at the successes of others, saying, how come I can't be there? How come I can't be at this point? Or why is that person? But not understanding and realizing that we all have something significant that we can bring to, you know, to this world, something that only we can give. It's about embracing that love. It's not easy. And that's why actually in the book, if you take a look at the book, there are 12 categories of kindness that repeat throughout the course of the book whether it be kindness in relationships, in the home, in the workplace, with strangers, on the go. But the first one in the book is kindness with yourself because it is so hard and it's something that we don't often practice. And if we do more of that, if we do more of that actually, it helps us to be able to give kindness outward in a much stronger way. You know, the concept of like life vest inside. You know, when you go on a plane, they tell you if there's an emergency, you have to put on your life vest and then put on the life vest of someone else. Why? Because if you are drowning, you can't possibly save another person. That's the same exact concept. You know, a life vest, one that will save and one that won't save. The difference of the two is air. When you blow into your life vest and when you give. So yes, giving to others does help us increase our own sense of value. Because when you do give, you become to understand your value. And that helps you to give back to others. But what we can't forget is that we also need to be able to give to ourselves. And I'm talking to myself as well. Because it's sometimes the hardest thing to do, to be able to show ourselves a bit more self-love. But that's what it's all about. Yeah. You know, I've been on both ends of the spectrum. I've been on the place that I'm in now where I exercise self-compassion a lot more than I used to. And of course, on the other side where I did not hardly ever at all, there was very little, if any, self-compassion, like you were saying, like constantly comparing myself to other people. And I mean, and even going things like gossip and, and sometimes just mean spirited. And I, I look back at that and I didn't like who I was and, and it was, you know, it was just, I think that it is kind of a matter of, you know, the whole, like everything happens for a reason kind of 
<laughs> I don't mean to just like no, talk about platitudes and things like that. But I, I do think that sometimes we have to be over there to not always, but I do think sometimes we have to be over there in order to see the polarization of it all and just realize, wow, like I don't want to go back there. And I can speak from experience that being over here on this side, I am a way more emotionally healthy human being so that I can do all of these things that I do and, and help other people, whether it's, you know, of course it is for a living, but it, and just in the, the act of being kind to other people. And I wouldn't be able to do that if I was still in that other place of self-loathing really is what it is. It's all about balance. And Mm -hmm. like I said, the, you know, engaging in in kindness does help us increase that sense of love for us, our sense of, you know, love for ourselves. But at the same time, we have to be careful because, you know, it's important to do kindness from a place of strength as opposed to a place of weakness. And a lot of people get confused between the two. You know, true kindness comes from a place of strength, comes from a place of abundance, doesn't come from a place of lack. So if you're doing for somebody, this is like, you know, the litmus test. If you're doing for somebody and you feel like it's a sacrifice, stop right away. Mm -hmm. If you feel sacrifice, sacrifice is a very negative energy. That it's not coming from a good place. And you're going to come to resent that same good thing that you're doing. Giving should always come from a place of abundance. And that means that you feel you're very strong within who you are. You feel that sense of love within yourself. And so you're able to then give from a place of abundance. But if you're giving from a place of lack, unfortunately, you may come to resent that same giving because it's feeling like sacrifice. So that's it is so important. Right? It is a difference. Yeah. And I'm glad that's a great segue for what I was going to ask you about next, because there's there's a lot of people maybe listening who are like, Orly, that sounds really great, but I don't have time. Or the people who think if I'm kind to certain people, they will take advantage. So I guess kind of what you were saying is know your boundaries. (laughs) I love the way that you put it. It's knowing your boundaries, but being kind doesn't mean being weak. It means you understand your, you understand fully your value. So then you can see the value in others and therefore you are able to be kind. Why does unkindness exist? Mm -hmm. So many people, you know, in today's world talk about an anti-approach. So what do I mean by that? So let's say there's something negative happening. Let's say bullying, which I really don't like this term. So people come in to talk about anti-bullying, but there's drugs, anti-drugs, war, anti-war, Depression, anti-depression, utilizing negativity to fight against something negative. And this is not a math equation. Negative times negative will not equal positive. When you're utilizing negativity, you're only going to draw to yourself more negativity. The real question is, why do those issues come into existence? Continuously asking the question of why, why? And what you find and where it stems from is, again, is that lack of self-value, that lack of self-worth. Unkindness comes from a person just not seeing their own value. If a person is really understanding their value, they will see it in others. And therefore, their interactions and their relationships will be much stronger and much healthier. So it's it's an important thing to consider. You have to know your boundaries. It can't come from a place of sacrifice, of course. But again, engaging in small things. Again, you don't need to section off time. It's not like I'm going to do this in this day at this time. It's just changing your perspective. You know, I, I remember, you know, we have these acts of kindness cards. And I always tell this story because it always makes me laugh. And I was giving out kindness cards and I always have people call me with these type of stories. The next day someone calls me, they're like, oh my gosh, Orly, you're not going to believe it. You're not going to believe what happened. I said, what? They're like, after you, you know, after you gave me the card, my card said, hold the door open for someone. And right when I left your talk, everywhere I went that day, there was a door that needed to be open. There was a door and there was a door. So I started laughing. I'm like, by the way, those doors are there yesterday and mm-hmm. you were there, there before. It's just that your awareness is now increased. 
what we need to start doing and why I mentioned that is we need to start exercising our eye muscle, our eye muscle to start seeing the good, to see the good that does exist in the world, because then we're going to see more good, but also to exercise our eye muscle to see those opportunities to take advantage of that good. The more we increase our awareness, it's just like, for example, if somebody introduced you to a new song that you never heard of, and all of a sudden you start hearing it everywhere. Yeah. It was there the whole time. It's just that your awareness is increased. That's the key. Because if your eyes are now open, you'll notice to smile at that person you walk by. You'll notice to say thank you, you know, to your mom when she brings you dinner or, you know, to call up, you know, know, to call your grandparents and say hello. You'll notice the small things that actually just transpire through your day. Mm -hmm. Be the security guard when you come into work in the morning. You know, these simple things, they really do make a difference because when somebody else smiles, when somebody else, and people love kindness, right? When somebody else smiles, it makes you smile and on the inside because you're like, wow, I just did that. I just created that. I, I just made that person smile. I feel so good. And energy is now passed along. And that energy doesn't stay stagnant. It continues to pass. Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers inline and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. With Shopify POS, you can accept credit cards, mobile payments, and every other major payment method, all with low fees and transparent pricing, starting on day one. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 a month trial period at shopify.com slash noise, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash noise to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash noise. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, You are not alone, and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. So the minute that you are giving kindness, not only are you creating a ripple for that person and the trajectory of their day of who they impact, but you're feeling good. And now the likelihood is that the next interaction that you're going to have throughout your day is going to be positive. And you are gonna continue this ripple because it's an energy. 
And as we know, like attracts like. You know, so if you're feeling that positive, you're going to draw in positive to you. Now, is it easy? No, it's not easy. It's not easy all the time. And that's not to say that you're not allowed to be down. There's no person in this world that's just always happy and positive. No. And if they're telling you that, they're just lying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's okay to be down and it's okay to have bad days. And it's okay because, you know, that struggle, you know, that, that idea of self-love and like, loving who we are. It's not like a video game that you get to the last level and then you won. You're like, yeah, I beat it. I'm good to go. No. It's a constant battle that we all deal with and we all face with every single day. There are times where the most confident person that you think that you know in your life is questioning their value and worth. Everyone goes through this. Everyone has those low moments. Everyone. True story. Mm-hmm. It's feel that way. You're supposed to take ownership of those feelings. But the question is, how are you going to pick yourself back up? Yeah. And very often when we give outwardly, it helps to lift us out of this because we begin to tap into that to that value, we begin to catch those glimpses of what makes us special and unique. And it's not associated with our successes, whether it be professionally or financially, it's not associated with those things. It's really associated, it comes from within. So. Absolutely. So, and I know we're going to link up to your book in the show notes and it's literally 365 daily acts. So I'm assuming if I ask you like, where can people start with this? That's the obvious, <laughs> but is there, is there anything else where people can start? Yeah. I mean, look, the book is broken into, like I said, 12 categories of kindness and every day of the year, it's just, it's just short, like one page read, a 30 second read with an act of kindness that pertains to that category, a quote and a reflection. So yeah, you can read it in order in terms of the year, like, you know, January 1st, but you can also skip around. You can read certain categories only. It really, you can read it in your own way. So many people have been sharing stories of how they've been incorporating this book. Teachers have been sharing stories of how they are utilizing this book to start every class because it sets the tone for the day within the classroom. Companies are utilizing this book by incorporating the, the kindness in the workplace to start off each of their meetings. You know, people have been sharing how they're journaling within their book. Some people are reading this, parents are using this book with their children, reading it every night to them. And then once a week on the weekends, having their child choose one of the acts from that week and actually going out and engaging in it. There was one person that sent me, they're like, they're doing each and every act on the specific day and then journaling about it. I mean, there's so many ways to use this. You know, one person told me, they're like, I read through the entire book in one shot. I'm like, they're like, now I'm going to go back. So you don't have to, you know, you can read it in any way that you want to. The purpose and idea is it's giving you these little nuggets because the likelihood is whether it be the act or the quote or the reflection is going to spark something within you. Maybe connect you back to a story or to a feeling or increase your awareness that day. But you can utilize it in any way that you want to, whether you go in order, you skip around. The idea is that it's going to help to infuse an awareness so that you take that with you as you go throughout your day. And it will help to shift your perspective, to start seeing a lot more good. I know that you know media could tell us that there's a lot of negative, but I gotta tell you, there's an overwhelming amount of positive. Mm-hmm. Just it's not shown to us. We're not used to them being able to see it. But the more we work out that eye muscle, that kindness muscle in our eye, start seeing it, the more is going to be reflected back at us. Yeah, it's really interesting to me. I love also the psychology behind it, which, by the way, I know nothing about. But just speaking of, you know, videos like yours and speaking of, of what's in the media and, and what we are shown most of. And what I find interesting is these videos and bits that we see in the media that 
are these acts of kindness. To me, I always cry. And I know I'm not the only one like that gets really emotional over them. And I think that like there is a reason for that because I think that my I make up that this is what truly connects us as humans. 100%. You know, seeing people come home from, you know, being deployed in the military and just people loving each other and, and being nice to each other. I mean, even that Verizon commercial where, did you ever see that one where it wasn't really a flash mob, but they got like professional singers yeah, and they that. were in the airports? Yes, I did see that. Like, I, I was like I mean, bawling my eyes out. No, I'm a big crier also when it comes to this. But you know why it's funny? Because when the film went viral and all I was doing literally and still do is just responding to comments, people were sharing like, my goodness, you know, I started this, this film really affected me. And I started to cry. I said, you know why people were crying? It's not that people don't know what kindness is. They know what kindness is. I didn't create something new. It's that in that moment, what they saw on the film is they saw a reflection of themselves. Yeah, common humanity. That's why. Because regardless of the differences in race and religion, ethnicity and culture and background, kindness is the common thread that unites us all. And if we just create dialogue with one another, really create dialogue, actually tap into that innocence that we all felt as children. We all believed it in our hearts, but sometimes the harshness of the world can cloud us. But we all believe it still. It's just creating that dialogue. The opportunity and the ability for us to create a positive impact in the world is amazing. I believe that this world is moving to a place of real consciousness because Mm -hmm. your body, when if you cut your finger, if you get a paper cut, you don't only feel it in your finger, you feel it everywhere, just don't feel comfortable. We are so interconnected. And I believe in my heart of hearts that if we begin to recognize that further and increase that kindness consciousness, you know, and see how we're all interconnected, we have the ability, the resources, the manpower to be able to resolve all of the issues that society is facing today. We have it. We just need to be able to see it, to see past those labels. Past the fear. Mm -hmm. Something unique that everybody brings. We are also, like I said, we're all pieces of a puzzle. It's so important. Do you feel like, because now that we've had this conversation, do you feel, and I've never thought this before, but do you feel like kindness is sort of like the kindling for love? 100%. 100%. Because also, you know, when you give, this is just something, when you give, you love. Do you love, let me ask you a question. You said you have kids, right? Mm -hmm. It says that Parents will love their children more than a child will ever love their parents. Do you know why that is? I totally agree with that. Why? Why do you think that is? I don't know. I think it's just like a biological fact. Well, who gives more? Does a parent give more to the child? The parent gives more to the child. When you give to something, your appreciation for it, your love for it grows in a crazy way. Mm -hmm. When you give, you actually grow to love. That's why a parent will love their child more than a child will ever love their parent because a parent is literally, without a parent, what does that child have? Parents giving them, you know, clothes and their food and their nourishment. It's a baby. That's the exact idea. So when you give, when you give kindness, you grow in love and affection towards people. That's why I say that I'm in the job of falling in love with people more and more each day. I really, like when it comes to the point where I'm like, how can I possibly love people more? It's like, no, there's still more room. I really do. When I say that, I, I mean it from the bottom of my heart. I really love people in a, such a powerful way because I just, I see how awesome they are. I get to see so much positivity coming from people from all over the place. It doesn't make a difference, you know, what religion they are or what culture they are. There's so much of that goodness. It's just helping people see that within themselves. That's the problem because when a person doesn't, feel that sense of love. Why do you think religious animosity exists? You know, when a person doesn't fully believe in what they believe, 
when a person doesn't feel secure in what they believe, they're so fearful that somebody else's beliefs are going to infringe upon theirs that they feel like they need to shove their beliefs down somebody else's throat. But if you really believe in what you believe, if you're really secure in what you believe, then you're okay with other people believing differently. It's okay for two people to believe differently. We don't all have to believe the same. But if you feel secure in what you believe, you're okay with somebody thinking otherwise and you accept them for it. That is the key. That's what we need to be talking about. Mm -hmm. There's so much animosity and fighting right now from, you know, people that I voted this or I voted this or I believe this or I believe that, you know, not to go into the political arena. But the truth of the matter is if you truly are secure in who you are, you're okay with other people feeling otherwise. That doesn't change. doesn't change anything. It doesn't change the love that you should feel to them. I, you know, yeah, I can, I can talk about this for, for hours. <laughs> Get out. Really? <laughs> I really? You know, it excites me. And I, I really do believe that we're going, we're moving into a very positive place. I believe that too. People, I agree so, with you that we are experiencing a collective consciousness that was not here even 10 years ago. Yeah. And that makes me excited. It, it makes me excited for the next generation that, that we will hopefully have something different. I think it'll be um, probably slower than many of us would like, but <laughs> it's happening nonetheless. Gratification, instant gratification is not the way to go. I know that we live in a world that's very much instant gratification. I want it as fast as I get a text message, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But the truth of the matter is long lasting change doesn't happen overnight. Right. Yes, happens that's true. With time. And that's really what we need. And it's just shifting our perspective. It's not about wanting to, you know, get inspired and then go on and change your whole world around. You know, inspiration is great. But it's not about the inspiration. It's about understanding how to take that inspiration and turn it into action. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. The moving it into action will fade. And then what happens? So I always tell people, you know, if you get inspired by something you hear, don't please don't want to go change your whole world. Please, please don't. Don't want to. Right. Change one thing. Yes. That's what I tell people, especially people that are in my classes or that come to work with me. And I'm like, you've been operating this way for decades. It's going to take a minute for you to unlearn what you know and then figure out a new way because no, I'm with you. I don't want it to happen super fast either because then it's going to, it's like weight loss. If you lose 20 pounds in a week, guess what's going to happen? Get back the next week. Exactly. So it's about taking on one thing and incorporating that and embracing that. Yes. Embracing it, having it become part of you know, of who you are. Yes. So, well, Orly, you are a gem and I'm so glad that I said yes to having you on here so you can share your message with my people and everybody, the book and the Ted talk and the viral video, the kindness boomerang are all linked up in the show notes. So please go over there and see them. And I just have one question for you before we wrap it up. And this is kind of a whopper. Tell me what is your greatest hope? What is my greatest hope? My greatest hope, I would say, is for people to be able to see the beauty within themselves. I think that if we do that, everything else will come into play. I love that. I love that hope. And I truly wish for it to come true as well. I think it's a beautiful a beautiful thing to wish for. So thank you so much for being here. And everyone, thank you so much for listening. Please, please, please go out and get Orly's book. You will love it. Read it to your children. Have it in your bathroom. Have it on your coffee table. (laughs) And that about wraps it up. And until next time, everyone, I will see you out in cyberspace. Bye-bye. Hey, ass kickers, you know, it would help me out so much if you left a rating and review for this podcast. 
Your Kick-Ass Life podcast will always be free to you and to help me get more awesome guests and to spread the word. It helps tremendously if you leave a rating and a review. Now, they don't particularly make this super easy to do, so I'll help you out a little. If you're in iTunes and you're on your phone, when you are in the podcast app, you need to search for Your Kick-Ass Life podcast. I know, even if you're subscribed, this is how you do it. So when you search for it and you see it come up, click on the cover art, then towards the top where it says reviews, click that, scroll down a tiny little bit, and then click write a review. Stitcher is a bit easier if you're on Android. The easiest way I found to do this is to type into Google stitcher.com, your kick-ass life, and voila, my podcast should pop up as the first link. Scroll down and click write a review. That's it. Thank you so very much. You have no idea how much it helps me when you do that. All right. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye. When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play. And we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips.